0: welcome to the 2s podcast with gage and mike this is gage the philosopher and this is mike the farmer Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 2Fs podcast. Uh, we're finally back in the studio today, <laughs> rather than being out and about. So uh, I guess we'll, I'll do first, I'll say sorry for missing a week upload, but me and Gage here were pretty busy dealing with Labor Day and all that fun stuff. So, and we hope you all had a good uh, Labor Day and got to hang out with friends and family and everything else. So, Gage, if you want to start off with your quote.
1: I certainly will. So, um, my quote comes from what our main topic is about today. It comes from Ralph Waldo Emerson. To be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment.
0: I, just, I thought there was more normally you do longer quotes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. Yeah, that's short, sweet, and to the point. I
1: yeah. like it. Yeah. Parents, family, friends, school, society, workplace. Mm-hmm. Trying to form yes one way or the other. Yeah. But if you can hold on to your integrity and listen to yourself and be yourself, it takes a lot.
0: Yeah it takes a strong person to be who they are and not conform to anybody else's view of who you should be. Yeah, got to be able to take scrutiny. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And rejection.
0: <laughs> yeah. What do you got? So mine is by uh Thomas Paine. And it said another founding father said those who expect or yeah, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must like men undergo the fatigue
1: of supporting it. Yeah, yeah, nothing just happens on its own.
0: Yeah, you can't fucking just sit back and enjoy it and not expect to have to put any work in.
1: Yeah, kind of like anything else, a house, a car, a relationship, you got to have required maintenance, so to speak. Absolutely. It's no different than, you know, say you
0: go out and buy you a, a truck or a car or whatever, and you have people, oh, that must be nice like well it is kind of nice i worked my ass off for it you know same yeah. deal except it's to support and maintain freedom you got to do your part so if you want to get into i know this is uh your pick for people
1: you want to talk about yeah i um I, n- I never dug too deep into the Ralph Waldo Emerson, but I'd always hear his name come up in articles and books and whatnot. I knew a little bit. I knew enough to know he played a major impact on American culture, so much so that President Lincoln wanted to meet him. Really? So he did meet him. At the time, he wasn't a fan of Lincoln until he spent a couple evenings with him. Hmm. And um, his journal writings, um, yeah, I pulled up real quick what he said about Lincoln. It was kind of neat just to read in here. Yeah, that's, he said, um, when he has made his remark, he looks up at you with a great satisfaction and shows all his white teeth and laughs. He impressed me more favorably than I had hoped. Emerson also called Lincoln a sincere, well-meaning man with a boyish cheerfulness and clarity of, in speech.
0: Hmm. I see because what's surprising to me is the fact that he didn't like Lincoln at first because Lincoln was, I don't know, just from what what I've read about Abraham Lincoln, it seems like him and Emerson would, you know, would have, Emerson would have, like, I don't know if admired would be the word, but you, you know what I'm saying. He, he didn't
1: dislike him, but he didn't think he was doing enough. He was half assing things.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So it was more from like. Be more. So it wasn't from like a personal standpoint, it was more of a pol- political standpoint.
1: And what, one of the biggest. Hi, girls. The doggies are outside. <laughs> but um, one of the biggest critiques, I'm going to get this out of the way of Ralph Waldo Emerson. He was completely against slavery. Mm-hmm. thought slavery was wrong all across the board. However, he did have a belief of a hierarchy of races. Really? So he didn't equate, say, white people with black people. He did not think they were equal. But regardless, he thought treating any human or animal in that regard with cruelty or getting rid of their free or, you know, overcoming their free will and all that is just wrong. So he's against slavery, against cruelty, huh. but he didn't think they were equal. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I get. I guess that was fairly common back then. I mean, even the people that that fought for slavery, I mean, I guess it still took a while for... You know, African Americans get the right to vote after after the abolition of slavery. So, I mean, I guess that that makes sense for, for the for the time. Which I mean, I mean, I guess you got to get what you can
1: get. Yeah. You know? And he did a lot of studies on different races, oh, really? like their intellect and behaviors and social all this. Huh. I and mean, he wrote a lot about his studies on it and everything. So it's just real interesting because you wouldn't expect that from him. After reading everything else. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and I guess my question would be, uh, wasn't he also, Did was he like a religious man at some point?
1: Yes. And th- this is partly what got him so famous and popular and also rich. His job, really, he was writing essays and he would read his essays all around the U.S. and universities yeah. and that. And it g- got him a lot of money but um he was also very much disliked for it he went to harvard at 14 years old oh damn which is actually quite normal he was the youngest there but it also wasn't abnormal for someone that young to be in harvard okay and um but he also but he was he went back for grad school fairly young got a master of divinity and was a part of the Unitarian church, which Harvard, I think to this day is still very prominent Unitarian, which is an, a part of the Christian church, but a very liberal part of it, liberal in the sense of theology, not politics. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask that because I'd never heard of the Unitarian Church. Yeah, you got the Unitarian Church, and then you had at the same time come about the Universalist Church, and eventually they ended up merging, and to this day they're called the Unitarian Universalists. Huh. Which, they're much different than what they were back in his day. Yeah. But nonetheless, he became a Unitarian pastor and very quickly left it he didn't like religious structure he didn't like the rules the laws the dogma and this is when his movement started he's known as the founder of transcendentalism yeah which i i don't know i've had a kind of a, a
0: hard time kind of understanding exactly what that is just I don't know. I guess it just they explain it in in a way that I, I don't know. I just don't understand.
1: I found um, a good, real brief introduction to it. A transcendentalist believed that each individual must make their own decisions about God, the human race, and the world. They say that uh, people, men and women equally, have knowledge about themselves and the world around them that quote-unquote transcends or goes beyond what they can see, hear, taste, touch, or feel. So they're saying there's this, you could almost call it intuition, there's this other knowing Hmm. that's beyond the senses. This sort of inner knowing, you could call it, of like, that's wrong. I don't need to argue this. I don't need to create a scientific experiment or go into ethics about why this is wrong. I think it's very clearly, we know that this is wrong, (laughs) you know, like sex trafficking children. it, It would be weird if it was required of you to come up with an argument and scientific evidence and studies of why that's wrong. No, Everybody can admit and know that is wrong. <laughs> we well, well
0: ain't most most religions are like like that, ain't it? Mm, well you know,
1: they they say it is God ordained. It is wrong because God made it wrong. God said it was wrong and puts that within people. So there is that sort of, oh, sort so, of morality so the, branch. So
0: that, so that transcendentalism is like essentially like you know it just because within you you
1: know it. Not that God says it's wrong. Right. Cause you don't need God in the equation. You oh. can say God, but you also don't need it at the same time. Okay. You can know this without the idea or any concept of God, but it also goes beyond morality. <clears throat> it goes about life and death. Um, and they're, they're very much for experiences. Huh. Not so much in the sense of like charismatic, weird, you know, speaking in tongues, ecstasies type stuff. Not that they're more of the quiet, subtle experiences. Like you're out in nature, you're, you're hunting in the morning and you're sitting there and the sun's coming up, everything's coming to life and you just feel whatever Yeah, that you maybe can't put words on. You feel very content, peaceful, connected. And Emerson would say that's valuable. Don't let anybody take that away from you. That that's true. That means something to you. Yeah. You know, follow that. That's saying something. Hmm. So he's very much about people individually sticking up for themselves, following their own intuition, not just listening to people. And he was trying to get the American people away from European influence. He was saying Americans need to think for themselves.
0: Yeah. Oh, I agree with him there. A hundred percent. Cause it, I mean, all you gotta do is look at Europe as
1: <laughs> <I mean,
0: Yeah. laughs> well, especially back in his time. I mean, you look back in the, the 1800s, Europe was a fucking shit show. I mean, yeah. just like it was in the 1900s. It was just a fucking mess. So, I mean, I, he, he wasn't wrong.
1: Yeah. If you haven't put, put it together with the other random facts, this is takes place in the 1800s. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Abe Lincoln should have been a giveaway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just to be
1: clear. But yeah, relig- religiously speaking, they're very much, um, you don't need an intermit- intermediary. Can I say that right? That sounds. You can't say that. Intermediary. Intermediary.
0: Intermediary?
1: Yeah. So you don't need a Bible to tell you about God. You don't need a priest. You don't need a pastor. You don't need rituals that he would say if god is personal then he's personal to me Hmm. not through someone else and then to me that's indirect you can know god personally Hmm. which is good logic yeah right i mean god's personal well then why do i need you
0: (laughs) yeah i i understand where that's coming from i mean that's a
1: but (laughs) yeah like it's just kind of a good I think he's a good example of how ideas and thoughts really shape a culture and society and take it in a direction. I mean, to the extent that Abraham Lincoln wanted to meet him, you know, what did he do? He wrote essays. Mm. He had different ideas and thoughts and he started changing culture, society. He started changing uh, religious groups, which started changing how they interacted with each other in the world and Ideas and beliefs can really shape and change a society.
0: Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, it's just. I mean, you get in. Well, I mean, you look at Nazi Germany. I
1: mean, ideas and belief change that. I mean, it just. And that was from philosophers like um, Hitler loved Friedrich Nietzsche. Yeah, which which didn't. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, didn't they take him completely out of context when they um well maybe not completely but they they kind of
1: it's just read it differently okay i mean you could in in a way maybe you could say out of context but he was a hard one to understand and read you could take it many different ways and he took it
0: Hmm. yeah yeah radically yeah (laughs) kind of in a radical way
1: yeah i was just a philosopher writing Hmm. sharing his thoughts (laughs)
0: <laughs> now did uh, ralph waldo emerson did he have any like inspiration like any philosophers or people that he pulled from or was he just kind of a
1: that's a good question um don't know it never came up came yeah I'd say with, say
0: the research i did i never seen i didn't know if
1: it if came up with found. a bunch of people that he influenced like walt whitman known as the greatest american poet ever mm-hmm. and you know to the extent where people say if you want to know american culture read walt whitman and then you got walt whitman that says his idol was emerson yeah <laughs> i think i think he kind of stuck out on his own there
0: which which is possible i mean with him being born in what was it, 1803 i mean he was right you know the country only we'd only been a country for 20 years when he was born, you know, because <clears throat> revolution ended in, like, 1780, or 86, I can't remember off the top of my head, but, but, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you look at that aspect, I mean, he, you know, he was born at the beginning, at the very beginning of the, of the country, so maybe all his ideas and every, everything were completely original, didn't have any yeah, I mean, which I mean, he could also. I mean, you could look at it in a way he had influence, like maybe from, you know, reading stuff about the founding fathers, or reading, or talking to, or reading books from different people that he met in his life. But none of them, say, well, I guess, were big characters. I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's impossible to not have influences. Yeah. So, like, he had to have someone, something, people somewhat helping shape and direct and it's not totally new when you look at other philosophies and things from the past like even in ancient greece yeah there were. let me look at the ancient cynics or or the ancient skeptics you know mm-hmm. they're very much of you know, use your reason, use your logic, think for yourself. Yeah. I think his just had more of a spiritual spin on it of, you know, we can know for ourselves the mysteries of God and existence and life, like truth, beauty, and goodness.
0: Well, and maybe that, maybe that where his inspiration came from was maybe from the uh
1: the original Greek philosophers, you know. I almost want to turn my phone off airplane mode and Google it. Well, do it. Your phone doesn't
0: interrupt shit like mine does for some fucking reason. But
1: well, while I'm doing that, I'm gonna read one more little quote from him. Okay. Well, just just to emphasize what we were saying earlier about like the impact, the social impact is the he had a little group together, the Transcendentalist Club, I think, is what it was called. Um, and they, they very much criticized government, organized religion and the laws, social institutions. And from what I read, the way they phrased it was creeping industrialization. <laughs> Cause they saw it as making people robotic machine. I was going to say, I've, life. I've,
0: I've heard that term before. That's I can't remember where the fuck I heard it at, but yeah, that, that term's been thrown around a couple times and shit I've read. is, uh, Well, I am different times. Me and you've talked mm-hmm. about creeping industrialism. I think... <sighs> trying to remember who the hell I was reading up on that said it. But I guess I can't... I guess it don't really fucking matter at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, just... But that term has
1: been fucking used around before creeping industrialization yep Yep. and that's partly what the civil war was about yeah to be more industrial well yeah i mean it was uh i don't know it's
0: the civil war is a lot more complex than what most people think Mm -hmm. most people you know you're just taught all is a war over slavery it's like well yes but it also had to do with states' states' rights, which some people argue the states' rights to do what? And like, yeah, like I understand that. I mean, they should have been like, yes, yeah, slavery's bad. But I mean, it was just it was a very complex. It, it was just a complex time in American history because even after the Civil War during the Reconstruction period, it was it was a mess. You had, I just you you had. Corruption just as well as any other time in American history.
1: Yeah, I got here. Plato was a huge influence on him. So we were kind of right. Yeah. And also, um, uh, some other philosophers, um, like of, uh, Sweden, Swedenberg, the 1700s. Uh, had the concept that God was in everything. Hmm. Not it. that everything was God, but that God was in everything. It's almost like the ancient stoic logos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pervades through everything.
0: Hmm. That's crazy. So he, he took more of his inspirations from the ancient Greeks and then the, uh, a few i guess it hit few modern philosophers mm-hmm.
1: hmm. do you know who napoleon bonaparte is <laughs> yeah i know who napoleon bonaparte is and that was a rhetorical question really well he was friends with his nephew
0: emerson was friends with napoleon's nephew yeah huh.
1: random fun fact that's <laughs> all that's pretty cool <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I guess they got together a lot as friends and talked about religion, politics, philosophy. Just hanging out. <laughs> Damn, that's something. Just be like, yeah, I hang out with Napoleon's nephew. <laughs> well, hell,
0: uh, Ralph Emerson was alive during the Napoleonic war. Some of them, because that happened like eighteen. 18- 1815 or whatever when Napoleon was finally done got beat at Waterloo and that was so he got to hear all that news as it was coming across the Atlantic when he was about 12 years old Yeah, (laughs) right before he went to Harvard he heard about Napoleon losing he had a head start yeah
1: (laughs) he um but he got married at 26. Yeah. Really? So His wife was 18.
0: Mm-hmm. So he was, he got married a little bit late really for people at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. And, um, she died like, was, that, I think three years later. Oh, wow. And that, that's when he left the church. Yeah. I, thought, I remember reading something about that. I think from what I understand, like the things they were telling him, like, uh, trying to be comforting, you know, all this, all these things and the beliefs about that. Didn't help. Didn't it ring true for him. And that's when he's like, no, yeah. he started speaking his own mind. Yeah. And what he wrote about her, that's he, he, the way he dealt with it was through writing. And, um, I'm going to read a part of it because it gets helps you get inside his head a little bit uh this is what he wrote about his wife it was less than two years after getting married he said will the eye that was closed on tuesday ever beam again in the fullness of love on me shall i ever be able to connect the face of outward nature the mist of the morn the star of eve the flowers and all poetry with the heart and life of an enchanting friend No, there is one birth and one first love and the affections cannot keep their youth any more than men. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Yeah. But he is like, that was my woman Mm. after two, less than two years gone. That was it. That was my time. No more love after that. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, he's something that. Like that happens, you know, so, so quickly after meeting someone or being married to someone. I mean, you didn't really have time to experience how good
1: things could have been. And if she stayed alive. Or would he have been what he is now? Because it was because of that that he Mm -hmm. left the church.
0: Yeah, I mean, he could have had, you know, a couple kids and settled down and never really. I mean, he probably still wrote essays and stuff, but nowhere near to the capacity. Yeah, hmm.
1: we'll never know. Or it could have been just the same, only his wife standing next to him.
0: Yeah, you never know. Well, and I was uh, doing some digging while you were talking a little bit, and I found that uh, he actually. Emerson, you know, after he had met Lincoln and everything and got to grow fond of him, he actually spoke at a memorial service held for him in Concord. Hmm. And they have a little excerpt from it says old as history is and manifold as are its tragedies. I doubt if any death has caused so much pain as this has caused or will have caused on its announcement.
1: And this was about
0: Lincoln Lincoln. So he, I guess he realized fairly quickly the importance of Lincoln's death. Yeah. You know, how how it cha- how his death changed the world, or at least the United States.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was known as the Sage of Concord. Emerson? Mm-hmm. Oh. Huh. So having that sort of reputation or that respect. Especially during his lifetime,
0: yeah. I mean, and for does
1: speak at the president's, yeah, one of his memorial death. services. Yeah, that says something about both of them.
0: Yeah, that that's crazy about how, because you know, it seems like most, especially American authors, for some reason, they don't get the their true respect until after they're dead, mm-hmm. which is fucked up. But I mean, that's how it works. So for him to actually like be well known before he even died is pretty amazing i honestly he's probably lost like you know shit after he died because i mean most people, i didn't know about him until you told me about him
1: yeah, yeah I, I mean it probably played still i mean i'm affected sure did your life without even knowing it just how yeah like a big wave comes through and you got all the little ripples
0: yeah and then that's what i mean it's like i'd say there, there's a good factor that there's Majority of the population has no idea who he is, but they're but they don't know that their life's been affected by it by him, which is wild.
1: But, but he, I think he would also argue you don't need to know him, yeah, you have it in yourself, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, if he goes, but. His
0: belief, Transcendentalism? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, I I can't find it on my phone, but I thought it was kind of funny. Everybody, mostly everybody's heard of the book, turned into a movie, Pride and Prejudice. It's one of the biggest American novels ever. I've heard of it, never read it. (laughs) He hated it. (laughs) He he wrote, I do not understand why anybody would like this book. It's so narrow-minded and going on this whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. They got two great literary people clashing.
0: Yeah, and they fucking hate each other. (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's funny.
1: Yeah, interesting guy. Yeah, absolutely. Do Do we... have anything else we want to add on here, or continue with our um, interesting facts? Well, oh, I
0: want to say something about. I guess before his his death, he took a. It was kind of a while right before his death. He took a train trip on the continental or transcontinental railroad only two years after it had been completed. That's one thing he wanted to do, and he did that in 1871. Then in 1872 his house caught on fire
1: hmm.
0: <laughs> and then he he took trips to england and continental europe and egypt i mean and then he published some more i mean the man was he was putting in some work the last few years of
1: his life well and the sad thing about the end of his life was i think it was he had ended up a lot of memory problems dementia dementia i think yeah so, towards the later parts of his life, I believe it was dementia, but memory problems and all this, and I don't have it up on me right now, but he declined to go out in public. Really? So, he just stayed home, made that choice I'm staying inside, and part of that was he didn't want to embarrass himself or embarrass other people, and... Um, he man, didn't want to embarrass himself or other yeah. people, thought it was shameful. He didn't want to be a hindrance to people, so yeah. It's like, I don't want to be a hinder, people talk, all this stuff. I I'm staying in, yeah. And you can see he's invited to, yeah, I got something real big Oct- Octavius
0: B. Frothingham's retirement celebration, yeah. And been he been said, there. He wrote, I am not he had got an invitation to him and he wrote a a reply. He said, I am not in condition to make visits or take any part in conversation. Old age has rushed on me in the last year and tied my tongue and hid my memory and thus made it a duty to stay at home. So, I mean, and uh, what was it? It said the New York times quoted his reply and noted that, His regrets were read aloud at the celebration. Holmes wrote of the problem saying, Emerson is afraid to trust himself in society much on account of the failure of his memory and the great difficulty he finds in getting the words he wants. It is painful to witness his embarrassment at times. Yeah. Which is sad. I mean, you have somebody that was so coherent and so knowledgeable. Genius of the time. Yeah, just to, just for Mother Nature to come up and bitch slap his fucking memory.
1: But he thought that was the noble thing. Because my, my time with all this is done. Now Mm -hmm. it's my duty to stay out of the way. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's that's the absolute. I mean, that's a good, good reason to just kind of let her, let her rest and be like, you know what? I've done enough. It's time for me to
1: just fucking chill out. The last few years of my life. Yeah, I mean, you could think of it too if you think of like a some real physical job, or even like military or police or something, mm. and you're getting real up in age where you're just not physically capable or not not as quick witted, and then you got two people, one that refuses to leave or retire, yeah, and becoming a hindrance to the team, and they're like. They're almost too embarrassed to tell you, hey, you can't do this anymore. And mm-hmm. You're hindering us. Or the ones that realize it and go, well, it's time for other people to take over. I need to yeah. step down.
0: Which, I mean, it's one of them things like, you know, if, in any aspect, I mean, you may not be able to physically do it, but mentally you're still capable. You know, going from the, the physical job aspect, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, say, grandparents, like my grandpa or whatever. I mean... He can still do it. Don't get me wrong, but I'd feel better if I did it more of the time. But, I, you know, it's nice to have him around just for the wealth of knowledge. Right. You know, so, I mean, there's aspects like that where it makes it makes it nice. I mean, even if they're not, you know, older folks ain't doing any of the physical labor, but like, hey, you've done this for 30 fucking years. Like, what are some tips and tricks here? You know? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, I mean, there's always an aspect to where, you know, you can help in a way, but like in his case, what he was, you know, doing, when your memory starts slipping, that kind of ends, ends that, you know? Yeah.
1: So you're the idea guy and the revolution of a way of life and thought when that's gone (laughs) hard to keep contributing. Yeah. Cause I mean, you, you just can't. Other than by example.
0: Yeah. I mean, for him to be like, you know what? I'm losing my memory. I'm done. I mean, that kind of sets an example for all these other guys that are doing the same thing. Like, hey, there's nothing wrong with saying fuck it when you can't, you know, if you think you can't do it no more, don't do it. You know, instead of trying to force yourself to do it. Mm -hmm. Our current president could use an example from that. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I had to slide that in there. Not wrong.
1: (laughs) I think just about both sides of that agree.
0: Yeah. But I mean, (laughs) and I guess he was, uh, you know, pushed through dementia or whatever, you know. I guess how he died, he, he... he was found to be suffering from pneumonia, I guess was what he had. And then he died. Uh, you know, he got diagnosed on April 22nd or 21st and was dead six days later. So, yeah. So the pneumonia is what eventually caught up to him. And he was buried in Sleepy Hollow Cemetery in Concord,
1: Massachusetts. yeah i read somewhere he i don't know if he designed his tombstone or the actual graves like cemetery i don't know i I skimmed past it but yeah now that you bring it up it made me think of it helped design the whole area (laughs) but yeah influential character that most people don't know about yeah, absolutely. A big proponent of individualism, thinking and trusting yourself, being yourself. Don't listen to authority if you don't agree with it, whether it's religious or political. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
0: stand on your own two feet. It was really cool, actually, like learning about him because, I mean, I'm not a big literate, lit, you know, learn about literary people. I'd much rather like read about historical figures that are like, I guess more more tied to like leaders or whatever like that, or generals or stuff like that, rather than art uh, writers or artists or you know stuff like that or inventors. I like reading about them, but I mean that you know he was, but just seeing the way he was how he was influenced, you know, influenced people.
1: Was kind of a cool cool yeah. aspect. I mean, he's a big part of what got people away from, say, like Catholicism or religious things, or even in the future, um, Islam and things. It's just, you know, why, do, why do you believe this? Because someone said so? Think for yourself. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah. You know it's true deep down. Yeah. Deep down in the dark places. <laughs> I it, so. oh, well, shit! Let's let's do our um, interesting facts because I got a good one.
0: I don't know if mine's good or not, but it's kind of funny.
1: I'll go first. Okay. So apparently, in the 1960s, Disneyland, the famous Pirates of the Car- Caribbean ride used real skeletons. Oh, that don't surprise me one bit. I guess they tried for the, um, prosthetics not think they looked real enough. So they went to the university of California, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and got real skeletons to put in the ride. <laughs> yeah.
0: Can you imagine that? Like, yeah, grandma donated her body to science. Well, I wonder where her body or her skeletons yeah. at right now. Oh, it's hanging out of fucking a, Disney. A ride in Disney World. <laughs> that's kind of fucked.
1: Yeah, that'd be weird. That's Grandpa.
0: Yeah, hey. Hi, Grandpa. <laughs> okay. Damn. Okay. <laughs> that, that's a, that, is, that is a weird fact. I like it. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, mine, it says, uh, During World War II, a great name, a great Dane named Giuliano... Was awarded the Blue Cross Medal for extinguishing an incendiary bomb by peeing on it.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Heck yeah! <laughs> that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. I'm like, that's pretty, pretty wild. I mean,
1: how acidic was his urine? <laughs>
0: well, it ain't even just that. It's just how much did you fucking piss? You know, I mean, goddamn. I mean, it feels a fuse, I mean, or whatever it was. That's funny. Yeah. And then for the damn dog to piss
1: on the fucking bomb. Yeah, to know it. Yeah. (laughs) Or was it just pure coincidence?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did it know what it was doing, or was it just the luck of the fucking draw? Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) That's funny. Oh, hell. Yeah. So, you got a song recommendation for this week, Gage?
1: Yes. I was stuck between a couple. Um, oh, excuse me. This one, I'm going to do this one just because it's been stuck in my head all week. <laughs> Mainly the chorus. But it's called Paul. P-A-U-L. By Big Thief. It's a weird song. I would say just the
0: title and the name of the artist makes it sound like it's pretty fucked. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just like the chorus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to. My recommendation for the week is uh Reckoning by we- uh, Whiskey Myers. It's a good, good song. It's, it's a country song, a little bit slower, but not like wedding song slow. It's like you've had a shit fucking day. Old lady left you and you're wanting to just kill a 30 pack.
1: <laughs> kind of song. I like those kind of songs. Yeah,
0: me too. So I, that's why I like George Jones a lot. So I've always told some people to be like, I don't know how the fuck you listen to country music, especially like George Jones yeah. and shit. I said, "Motherfucker, some of the drunkest I've been is listening to George Jones. You shut your mouth." <laughs> that's funny. Oh hell! But well. I guess we'll go ahead and uh, close this thing out. Uh, Thank you guys for been tuning in. If you want to uh, leave us a a rating on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you listen, it'd be uh, greatly appreciated and help us out. That way we can know if you guys are enjoying it, leave comments if you can, and we'll read every one of them we get.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Doing the rating and that helps, uh, naturally boost the profile for those that will become first-time listeners
0: yeah tell your friends and family if you like us hell even if you don't like us tell them about it maybe they'll listen to us out of spite <laughs> <laughs> either way yeah so well you all take care have a good one